Lusaka's got bonefish fever. Coral Ball performs at a high level on the Millhouse podcast. Concerns about Biscayne Bay. The Bill, 2508. And Oil and the Big Cypress. All this week on the Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. I got Stephen Busaka, the world's favorite millennial, in the studio today. Stephen, good to have you here on the Real Guy Podcast. Dude, I'm glad that you, I'm glad I'm here, man. Because I got a man, I got a shit ton of stuff to talk about today, man. Shit ton. Yeah, and just so, just as a warning to everybody listening right now, I might piss some people off on this podcast. Are you doing disclaimers this early? Yes. This is going to be, this could be very bad. Your soft ass is actually going to ruffle some people's feathers. Dude, and it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt some people. <laughs> I've debated calling some folks out by name, but I'm not going to do that. For once, I'm not going to name drop. How about that one? That's a lie. We just started. <laughs> you probably will do some name dropping before the end of the freaking episode. I'm going to name drop right now. How about that? Go ahead. Dude, let's start off with something happy. Okay. Happy me. Dude. Well, that too. We're not there yet, but... um. Dude, I, find, I I went fishing with Carl, but well, not last weekend, but the weekend before last weekend. For the first time since October, I got back out to the flats. So was that a six months hiatus? October, what is that? November, December, January, February. So four months. Four month hiatus, a quarter. Dude, I was going through freaking withdrawal. Biscayne Bay bonefish withdrawal. Yes, and okay. it is a real thing, dude. It's a fever. It is a fever. You know, they say like those deer guys, they get buck fever. I get bone fever. Bonefish fever. Bone fever. Well, it's easy to do when you get a guide like Carl Poland. Dude, around. I gotta tell you something, man. He, I, well, first of all, I got a, I got a nice bone. I got about like a five and a half, six pound bone. Right. And what was so special about that is one, it was my first bone in months. Number one. Right. But number two is, I spotted the fish before Carl, made the cast. He ate and took off. And and Carl's always like extra proud of me. When I see the fish before him and I make the cast and get it. And he said to me, he's like, great, Jay. Just, I don't know. It, it feels nice. Pride in his protege. He is, you know, because he, he, he always says to me, he's like, you're one of the few that actually listens when I tell you shit. Um, but no, that was a lot of fun, dude. But I, I got to tell you, man, freaking he and I, I go out there just for laughs. Dude, sometimes I'm like always worried I'm going to miss fish because he's got me laughing so damn hard on that boat. Well... Carl's a real guy. And anybody that, well, if you listen to the podcast we did, shit, two years ago, and then you listen to the podcast he did with Andy Mill, it was so natural for Carl to be talking with Andy because, I mean, it's debatable, but I would say Carl was probably one of the realest guys that Andy ever put on that podcast. Is how hard it's becoming to find fish in the bay. Which is going to kind of, this is now a prelude into what I want to really focus on today. Um, I mean, mind you, I've only been fishing Biscayne Bay for three years. Was it three years now? I started in 2018, so three years roughly. Right. And I can still remember even up until a year ago, you know, I'd see schools like 20, 25, 30 even going by. Dude, I freaking, we went out there and mind you, sun is out, you know, flat, calm conditions. I think the whole day we maybe saw five or six schools, and the biggest school had like five fish. I'd right. see like one go by. 
and that worries me. It worries me a lot. Um, and because it, 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 we always talk about how everything's connected. Look at the Everglades. Everything that comes flow through the Everglades supports Biscayne Bay, Florida Bay, Whitewater Bay, Hell's Bay, all of that. Right. You know, so we lose the Everglades, all of that collapses. And if you've noticed, like, I got to tell you, I've been pretty fired up these past couple weeks because I feel, so first off, you know, shout out to Captains for Clean Water, Benny Blanco and all of them, uh, Carl, Mike Alfano, all these people that took time out of their day to drive up to Tallahassee. I'm sure you've heard about this. 2506. 2506 or 08. Right. The bill that they're trying to pass right now and sneak under everybody's nose. Right. That's basically could undermine all the work that they've done over these past couple of years to save the Everglades. Right. And do and then I saw another thing a few weeks ago. I don't know if you heard about this. Some freaking oil tycoon was trying to drill for oil in Big Cypress National Preserve. Right. Now that one hit me hard because Big Cypress is actually the first place that my dad ever took me. That was where he introduced me to the woods. Was Big Cypress. Well, I just want you to know. Uh, when you called me, when you and texted me that um, that headline about that, I reached out to experts in the field, and I mean literally experts in the field. I'm not going to mention any names, but I know a guy. Okay. That a lot of our audience knows. Mm-hmm. That actually knows something about oil in the Everglades. He's been working oil in the Everglades for. Oh yeah, they yeah they have oil out there right for a decade. So when you when you said that to me and you said and uh, you know I read the headline and stuff and I so I immediately reached out to the expert in the field. Okay. And I says, what do you know about this? And basically, he's like, yeah, par for the course. What does that mean? Just means that, of course, some big company is looking to take advantage of natural resources in the Everglades. Now for the course it's been happening since we've chipping dis- away chipping right, away chipping discovered away. the everglades so anyway the whole oil thing there's a lot of people that don't know that there's already oil fields in the everglades yeah oh yeah i knew that well most people don't and yeah. but no so just what the thing that pisses me off is i feel like every freaking week you know and, and i feel bad because i feel like i'm posting a lot of negative stuff but i just feel like every freaking week we're having to defend our environment down here in Florida yep. every single week right. and it's like and I was just talking to another guy uh, Mike Doherty who on Instagram we were talking about this a few weeks ago it's like when does it end like when are people going to actually realize that you know Florida I, I've said this before to you I've said this on the podcast many times I would argue Florida has got the best natural resources of almost any state. That could be up for debate. That's just my opinion. Diversity. But I'm like, dude, why are we constantly having to defend it? Why are so many people, somebody's always trying to come in and chip away and chip away and chip away? The number would be 400,000. Do you know what 400,000 represents? What? 400,000 represents the number of new people that are moving to Florida every single year. I'm so, over it, dude. So there's 400,000 people that want to move here every single year. And the state, the cities, the counties across the state are like as greedy as can be and can't wait to make money off the 400,000. 
So anyway, when you say, when is it going to end? It's not going to end. And the sad thing about what you're praising Benny and those guys going to Tallahassee for and people that want to fight to keep, you know, the, the resources. It's kind of like I was telling you earlier when I went to the city meeting downtown Fort Lauderdale the other day to speak about the protein skimmer and to show my support um, for that cleaning up the waterways. So the, the room slapped full of people, except me and maybe one other dude were the only two guys that weren't getting paid by somebody to be there. There was lobbyists in the room. All sorts of companies that were there to benefit that were in the room. And their employees were in the room. Your girl, Rachel Silverstein, was in the room. Well, was she there? Yeah. And remember, $100,000 contract to do the city water testing. Yeah. So my point is, regular Joes like you and me are excluded from the game. People that are getting paid are in the game. Because they can sit there for a fucking day and waste their time and energy downtown because somebody's paying them for that. Well, yeah. But, but normal guys like you and me? It's hard to take off work. How many days are you going to spend down there? Dude, I spent freaking four hours down there to speak for three minutes. See what I mean? So the, the, the question is, is, when is it going to end? It's not. And the only way it's going to change is if we take over the narrative because we need leverage. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it's like you were saying to me earlier. It's like you know, people complain and they want to. They say that they want to see a change and make a change, but it's like, like I had said, like there was all those petitions going around about this bad bill for the Everglades. I'm posting, hey, everybody, sign it. You know, show how many of you guys are against. All you have to do is sign the bill. How about that? You got to show up anywhere. Just sign the damn bill. Just sign the petition. Right. You know how many people couldn't even do that? Right. They don't sign the petition. You have to take two, not even two minutes. Right. You don't got to take off work. You got to, you don't got to go to a courthouse. Just sign the damn petition. Right. And they couldn't even do that. Right. You know how pathetic that is? And yet these are the same people that want to go and enjoy the resource, say that they don't want to see it destroyed, can't even do something like that. The smallest thing. That's true. And I get frustrated. Like, dude, you know, I... When I'm not, you know, if I, you know, because I mean, I can't fish all the time, you know, it's it expensive. So, dude, I spend a lot of my weekends hiking in the northern Everglades, which I love. I mean, dude, I freaking, dude, freaking last weekend, I went, I saw two bobcats I walked up on. That was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I'm always taking videos and posting videos because I, I, I was just, I was telling Nikki Mill about this. I said, you know, I post these things because I want to encourage people to be like, wow, that is so cool. We got to do something to save this. Yes, we do. So, you know, why don't you, I mean, at least freaking, you can't sign a petition? Like, the smallest thing, you can't do that? But you think this is cool and you want to save it. Not sure. I don't know. I mean, dude, if I could answer that question, um, I don't know. And I think there's a lot of people, you know, asking that question. But the thing that happened in Tallahassee, with that bill that captains have been working on and stuff. That's the, um, that's the big picture of exactly what I'm saying, and it works all the way down to the local, local governments. Dude, the senators, man. Dude, Freaking hey. agriculture is spending millions upon millions upon millions of dollars 
to influence people in Tallahassee. In the meantime, everyday Joes like you and me, we can't even find the time to go and represent. <laughs> and that's what we're fighting against. And until we step up the game and we start spending $250 million. To push the narrative. To push the narrative. Only then will something change. It's like the, you know, the, the, the David and Goliath story. You know what I mean? They are so huge and so big and so consistent that as soon as you take a breath of air, they're right in there like trying, to, trying, to, trying to change the, the progress the captains have made, trying to dilute the message, trying to push under, their agenda, undermine, undermine, yeah. undermine the will of the people for money. Dude, I mean, look at how. I mean, look at how many. And this is this is what I love too. Is you know, because people like to get political. They like to say, "Oh, the Republicans or the Democrats." Dude, if you look at all the senators that agree to this, it's both of them. Right. There is no freaking good guy or bad guy. Both of these freaking parties agreed to this, and they slipped it into the last second. Well. Actually, I gotta quit doing that because they can hear the squeaks and stuff when I bend <laughs> over. But no, it, it, it's, it's been my argument for the longest time, okay? There's two people in this country. There's people that work for the government, and then there's people that work for themselves or for a company or something. And it's two different people. There's a divide there. And the people that are working for the government or taking advantage of the government in order to get paid, have their agenda, and that's what gets pushed. The everyday guy, the real guy out there, the busaka, the millennials. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I know. The old farts, the guides, the everyday people. We're the other side. So forget about races and, and, and politics. And, and politics and ethics. There's two people. There's people that work for the government. There's people that don't work for the government. They have two different points of views on life. Completely different points of views on life. And I'm not saying 100% because people in the audience were like, well, I work for the government and I don't feel that way. Yeah, well, you're a minority. How does it feel? It's true. But in the way this way is going, maybe now that we're the minority... We we'll actually get paid attention to. We're getting, we're asked to pay attention to every other single minority in the world. I'm waiting to, I'm waiting for them to come up with a trans, uh, transgender class for fishing tournaments. Kingfish tournaments? Any fishing tournaments. I mean, there is no, <laughs> there is no transgender. I mean, we're not representing transgenders. We are not diverse enough in the fishing world. There should be some sort of transgender award or whatever competition. Because we're totally, fishing world. we're totally leaving them out. I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, but... I snook was, Gypsy, right? Right, the Snook Gypsy. Me and, me and Timmy were talking about it because... Talk, he, talk, help me understand about what a Snook Gypsy is. <laughs> the Snook Gypsy thing. All right. So these guys are call that want to go fishing. And they don't necessarily have to be the Snook fishermen. They could be snapper fishermen, offshore fishermen, whatever. Bass fishermen. Yes. Right. But they call, they call captains and guides to, to book trips. Okay. Okay. They always call the day of. So a guy calls today at four o'clock and wants to go fishing today. Like at five, pretty much. Right. And I say, okay, well, I, I'll meet you at five. And he's like, well, I can't go at five. How about seven? And it turns into a negotiation. 
And then there's, with the snook, with the snook <laughs> gypsy, they always say my friend. Oh, my friend, I can't go at five. How about seven? Right? And then the, and then the negotiation starts. The other thing about a snook gypsy is it's very common for a snook gypsy to ask you to buy something from them. I'm not to buy something from you. So whatever you might have. If you got bait, oh, dude, how much for the bait? It's like, right. What? Right. You're like, you'll be chilling at the boat ramp, and I got my bait in the well, and I'm waiting for my clients to come, and then a couple snook gypsies come up, and they always come up in big numbers, more than three. They travel in packs. They travel in packs. <laughs> and they'll come up, and they'll be like, oh, man, what do you got for bait? And they got a funny accent. I'm not sure what kind of accent, but it's an accent. And they, oh, what do you got for bait? And... They're basically trying to get information. They're looking the negotiation at starts. Right. Oh, dude, how many how many baits do you have? You want to sell your bait? What is that? Pinfish? Mullet? And then it's it's all about probing you. All right. The other thing about the snook gypsy is they'll go as far as asking you to buy snook or snapper or whatever it is that they may be looking for. Dude, how have I never heard about this? Lamont knew about it. Lamont says the snook gypsies hang out at the piers in the in the boat ramps, and there'll be like four of them, and they'll do the old scam thing where one guy gets your attention, start asking you a bunch of dumb questions, while the other guys are probing to either steal something or to acquire some sort of information that you're not willing to give. <laughs> snook gypsy, and there's shitloads of them. And then when they call the guides, they don't call one guide; they call like they call multiple. Right. So like, I'll get the call. Timmy will get the call. Carl, Carl will get, get the call. Everybody gets the call, and then we call back and say, "Dude, did a snook gypsy just freaking call you?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then we start laughing about it. So anyway, that's what that whole thing was about. Dude, going back to Carl, I do have a funny story for you. What? So you know Carl's last name is Ball, B-A-L-L. Yeah, he's, he's got shit on the ball. Yeah, he does. He's always on the ball too. Yeah. So he was telling me a story that. Twice in one week, he had people, because, you know, when they Venmo, they cash app him the deposit. And these are people that have fished with him before. He said that he had two dudes in one week accidentally send their deposit, their $400 deposit, to a man named Carl Bell. So this guy, Carl Bell, ended up making $800 cash in a week off of Carl's client. Is Carl able to contact the guy and get the money? Or the no, they crap? had to call Cash App to get reimbursed. <laughs> but he's laughing his freaking head off. He's like, man, I mean, they fished with me before. I mean, I mean, Carl Bell? Really? <laughs> that's a problem. Well, that's a problem with getting old like Carl. It's like, you can't see and shit, right? And, it, dude, it happened to me last night with my clients. The guy's like, oh, can we pay you, like, through Zelle or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I give them the number, and I give them the email to make sure it's freaking correct. So then they send the money, and then they hand the phone to me, and they go, is this correct? And it's 11 o'clock at night after the freaking wind's been blowing in my eyes. For and five, you can't see for shit. I can't shit. see the goddamn thing. I was like, I don't know. Does it say Jeff at LunkerDog.com? And they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, then, then yeah, it's I it. guess it's correct. <laughs> so people shouldn't be freaking cash apping fuckers that are over 50 years old. That's for you kids. Uh, I, Carl's pretty in with that kind of technology, ahead, which is good. Tell me how, how in he is when he's freaking now fighting for his 800 bucks. How what? Yeah, he's fighting for his 800 bucks. How good can he be at it? Yeah, exactly my point. <laughs> Carl Bell. Cash, I freaking Venmo and stuff. And I was telling my kid about all these freaking ways to get paid. 
So like when I was a kid, if you wanted to like scrum up some extra cash, you'd go on mom's car, you'd look underneath like the uh, floor mat in the car. Or the sofa. Right, the cushions behind the sofa, underneath the bed. And yep. you'd, you'd scrape up 50 cents here and there. Next thing you know is you had three bucks, you could go get a Slurpee and a friggin' frozen burrito at 7-Eleven. Nowadays, it's like I scroll through all the different apps that pay me. And like, oh shit, Venmo, I got fifteen hundred in that one. Oh, Zell, that's not freaking twelve hundred in that one. And then you know, I, that's how I find my extra cash nowadays. <laughs> Is go and check your Zell well, and see what you have pending. Cash app, all the different PayPal. Oh shit, look at all that money I got in there. Man, every day is like hitting the lotto for you, pretty much. <laughs> well, not about every single day, but when you're scraping for some extra cash, that's what you're doing nowadays. Jesus, man. But I anyway, sorry to get off topic there. It's okay, but. Oh, we do a little comic relief now and then. You know, we got to do that. A little. A little. A lot. But. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not like we're freaking geniuses in here talking about the environment. And everything. Hell no, We're just man. trying to put things together. Thank God we got people like Captains from Clean Waters and Bobby BTT. Rickard. And, yeah, some people that actually pay attention. <laughs> That's true. Well, that brings it to Wait, the, see, that, but, that brings us back to the point. It's like, how much can a working man pay attention to all this shit? And this is what they're up against. So well, it's like it's like you said. It's like we're the minority, right? So, but you know, going back to the agriculture, though, it amazes me how concerned that they get about sugar. And I, and I you know, I, I know some people feel differently about this, but what do you mean they? Who's they? getting concerned about sugar no i just feel like it's like all of this you know push for agriculture over the everglades right is all for the benefit of sugar now i know that some people feel a little bit differently don't think that maybe sugar wouldn't be as big of an issue well i think sugar is just the biggest one but you also got the tomato farmers you got the cattle farmers you got all sorts of different ag yeah you know that is concerned about what the agenda for captains for clean waters and all that stuff but I think that slowly, I think slowly, with enough energy, we have to turn those people. You know what I mean? We have to turn the ag people and give them an alternative that works for both parties. Correct. Not just for one party. The ag people have dominated the space. Yes since the history of florida and they're still dominating yeah and they're spending more now than ever to dominate Mm -hmm. well the thing that makes me laugh though about the sugar i mean dude you talk about sugar being bad for you i found i found this out last night i thought this was pretty interesting and you'll appreciate this you know this goes back to our italian roots look at the ancient romans right when they found them they found their you know their remains they all got like perfect teeth. And they, they were trying to figure out, because they didn't have no toothbrush, they didn't have no toothpaste back then. They were trying to figure out, how did these people have these nice teeth? Dying of old age with nice teeth? Yeah. Okay. They're trying to figure out how, because it's not like they had toothbrush or anything. I never heard this before. Listen, this is, you, I'm going to learn you something. Um, they, they concluded that the reason that the Romans had still were able to maintain such nice teeth is because their diets contained little to no sugar really which i thought was actually pretty interesting because people i would say this people don't realize how bad sugar is for you you look at cancer sugar cancer best friend any kind of autoimmune disorder sugar is its best friend right 
So it's like, you know, when people get so concerned about sugar, it's like, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's like, hmm, the health of the Everglades and our ecosystems, sugar that could potentially kill me and rot my teeth. Hmm, that's a tough one. Well, what about the what about the big debate between should I drink out of a plastic straw, or should I eat friggin' this Snickers bar right here? Yeah, I'm gonna fuck the Snickers bar is cool, but I'm not gonna not gonna drink out of that plastic straw. <laughs> Dude, you know, you and I talked about this before COVID. Our argument, listen, I get the the idea behind the plastic behind the paper straw. I think I get it. It's great, but here's what you and I remember talked about. Why don't we just do away with straws completely? Remember, that was our argument originally, but then, of course, COVID hit, and, of course, you know, that argument was right out the door. Everybody became germaphobe. I like bringing up the plastic straw thing simply because you can see what a narrative can actually do. There was a huge narrative about the plastic straw thing. It caught on. I guess it was promoted by the turtle people and maybe Greenpeace or whoever the fuck promoted the it thing. It was the uh, sea turtle that had the straw stuck in its right. nose. And the narrative took over, and then people was like, oh, plastic straws are like the worst thing on earth. Well, but not just the straws. I mean, look at plastic silverware. Plastic everything. But the straws had the narrative, and that's what I mean. And I get so frustrated when stupid shit like that has this huge narrative, and people follow it. In the meantime, when they're pissing in their own toilet, they don't realize that the freaking city's flushing in the goddamn canal. Which is doing just as bad, if not worse plastic straw or fucking sewage getting dumped in the water i'll take the plastic straw please <laughs> i just don't even get a straw no more dude but S- speaking of sewage when's the last time you've been down at george english park i don't go down there no more dude it stinks in the middle of the winter dude See, it stinks normally it normally it would stink just in the summer when it got hot and friggin but now it just stinks all the time i don't go down there no more i dude, i think the last time i was there was with you do you realize there's not a bathroom at George English Park. I believe that. There's one like over by the tennis center or whatever, but it's like... It's like hidden probably. Right, it's hidden. It's it's not really for the park people. <laughs> so all the homeless people that live there are pissing and shitting in the park. Everybody that freaking gets on one of those pontoon boats or a jet ski rental drinking beers all day that has to piss is pissing in the bushes and the grass at the park. And then it rains. Well, I'm just saying it stinks. It smells like piss urine and crap in one of the most affluent neighborhoods in all of Florida. And people are just playing in it. Like it's no big deal. Well, you see the jet skiers over there all the time. Dude, jet ski rental companies holding businesses in places that can't pass fecal bacteria level. (laughs) Don't don't get me started on the Hemershe Canal. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dude, you, you you and I both followed Miami Water Keepers. They do the testing. Jeff, right. that freaking canal. Every oh, I'm doing like a Rufus. Go ahead, now. Rufus. <laughs> you could, you could keep more. doing it. Every <laughs> week, that freaking canal fails miserably. Right. Every single week. And listen, but the thing that makes me laugh about that is they're doing that every week. Is is anybody saying like, man, this is really concerning that it keeps failing? No. Does anybody say that, or is it just, well, we'll just keep testing and let you know it fails? No. People know, well, the people that know that it's failing, either one, don't care, two, don't know what to do about it, but the city knows. All the commissioners know. 
the mayor knows, the county people know, everybody knows because we're doing tests every single week. The fact of the matter is 30 to 40% of any place that you test in Broward County is going to fail. Is going to fail at any given point. All the politicians know. Any politician that would like to know can now find out, which is why we were so happy about having Rachel do those tests. Yeah. Okay. Now, of course, the city, they don't talk about it. It's like, it's like the elephant in the room. Well, they don't much. talk about it. They bury it on the city website. And if you want to get any of the information from the city, you have to wiggle through that. The totally fucking sucks because it is a city website. Yep. Or you can go to the uh, Waterkeepers app and do that. But the fact of the matter is anybody that wants to know the information can find out. And there's plenty of people that know the information and they're totally sweeping underneath the rug. The other day when I was downtown Fort Lauderdale, they're talking about what a great job they're doing cleaning up the waterways. What Dude, do they bring stinks. up? They bring up that friggin' John boat that I've been making fun of for the last two years. And they say that, that fucking John boat is taking out 250,000 tons of garbage. How, how, many, how much is that a day would have to be on that boat for, for, that, for that number to be accurate? 250,000 tons. It's 500,000 pounds. If they've been 200 days a year divided by 500,000 pounds. So these, you know, they're picking up two, 3,000 pounds a day. That don't fit on that boat. It don't fit on the boat. The boat sits still most of the time. I've been making fucking fun of it. They're picking up garbage with a shrimp net. They're picking up things like coconuts. It's the stupidest thing that I've ever seen. I've been poking fun of it for years now. They pick up, dude, the coconut is natural. Right, they pick, that's the type of stuff that you see in the boat. I've been making fun of it for years now, and downtown Fort Lauderdale is patting themselves on the back and leading with their number one success story is that jumbo, Aquatic Solutions, that goes around the friggin' canals with a dip net and picks up things and puts it in the jumbo. Dude, it's pathetic, man. Not fixing all the friggin' pipes. Not putting in 10,000 friggin' protein skimmers. Not friggin' using a water goat system. Not, I could go on and on and on about simple apparatuses that would actually work. And make a difference. And make a difference. Instead, they're bragging about giving $500,000 to a company with a John boat that hasn't done jack shit in three years that we've been making fun of. They lead with that. And it's probably come out of our tax dollars. Nancy Glassman, talking about dropping names, Busaka, and <laughs> pissing people of off. Nancy Glassman sits up there and leads off with that. So after she says that, anything else that comes out of the city's mouth is total horseshit and bullshit. You can't believe anything. And to think about the city, they don't pay attention to what's going on out there. They don't know that Captain Jeff and Busaka have been making fun of that fucking John Bo for two years. Why? Because there's nobody in the goddamn room that they're talking with anyway at the city meeting. So they get out there and they pat themselves on the fucking back. They spend a half a million dollars on a fake John boat. As far as anybody's concerned. They're doing a great job. Right. And it's probably the two million dollars or no, three million dollars that they pledged to the state that they would spend on waterway cleanup instead of spending the fine. So, so $500,000 of that was the fake John boat company. Well, it's like you said, everybody in that room is on somebody's payroll. Exactly. And if you're on somebody's payroll, your, your job is to sit there and shut your mouth and agree. Right. And guess how the Aquatic Solutions Company got that gig? <laughs> because somebody on payroll sat in one of those meetings and pitched their deal. And everybody made money off of it. It was a win-win for everybody. 
I want to know who the fuck's making money off those yellow booms that are all over the canal system. Yellow booms? Yeah. Anywhere, anytime there's a place, Hermitsheet Canal's got like four of them in there right now. And, and, and there's these, it's just like a little plastic boom that comes out in front of these drains. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking Yeah. They're everywhere. It's like an inflatable thing, right? Right. None of them work. They're what? not containing anything. I was but like, I what's the point? Well, it's supposed to contain the water in those certain areas. Now, they have them around the drain pipes. So, obviously, something shitty is coming out of the drain pipes. I wouldn't have the yellow booms. But the yellow booms don't work. They just tie them up to the seawall. The water's going all over the place. But somebody's getting paid daily to put their shit there. To have those booms out there. And we're spending big money on these yellow booms that do absolutely nothing. Kind of like the Jamba. We seem to do pretty good at that in Fort Lauderdale. Spending money on shit that don't do nothing. It's not Fort Lauderdale. That's the way the whole fucking country works. That is true. So it's typical government. Right. It's typical government. And they take things as touchy as polluted water and environmental concerns all the way down to the core. It's one thing if you want to do that with school lunches. You want to give somebody the tater tot contract so they can make friggin' big money giving the kids potatoes? That's one thing. Kids got their vegetables, right? right? Whatever, you know. <laughs> but it's another thing when you're dumping poison in the fucking water every day and you have that same attitude. But the sad thing is, Jeff, you know, we, let's go back to what you're talking about, the 400,000 people that are moving here from the north. Right. All the Yankees coming down from the north. They look at this. They don't see anything wrong with this. No, it's paradise. That's the other issue. Absolutely. The, like you said, this is paradise. As far as they're concerned, there is nothing wrong with our water. There is nothing wrong with our canal. Right. They see a nice sandy beach, just solid white sand. They think that that's great. What they don't realize is that sand used to have seagrass. They used to have crustaceans. They used to bring in fish, predator fish, so people could fish. Dude, the vast majority, or becoming the vast majority of beaches here on the East Coast, let's call it south of Fort Pierce. They brought in fake sand. They don't even have real sand. Jupiter and Stewart is filled with fake sand. Dania Beach right now is getting filled up full I heard of about fake that. sand. They're taking sand from Hullover Inlet right now so they can put it yep. back. It's... Don't get me... No, no I'm, I'm kind of happy that you're started right and now. And everybody is making fucking big money. People that are putting the fake sand in are making big money. The companies that are dredging the freaking Hullover Canal or Hullover Inlet are making big money. Millions. Everybody's on the fucking, and that's what I'm in. You get the, everybody that's on payroll, everybody yep. that's making money from it. The average Joe that cares about it, that friggin' stays awake thinking about it, the only way for that guy to represent himself, if he costs him money. Yeah, then he'll start worrying. No. What I mean is it costs him money. So he would have to leave work. He has to pay for parking at downtown. He has to freaking do, he has to take costs out of his pocket to represent himself. And who is he fighting? People that are making big money that are on payrolls. That are consistent. Consistent, they're paid to do it. It's like the fucking NFL playing a flag league. <laughs> It's like the master's playing putt-putt pretty much. Dude, it's, but again, and this goes back to what I'm saying is we got all these people coming down here. They don't know better. So as far as they're concerned, that looks beautiful. What's wrong with it? Right. And that's why you know, I get worried about all these people that are moving down here because it's like 
they, they don't know. They, they only know what they know. And they don't know what they don't know. And they don't know what they don't know. And that's just the way it goes. And then it goes back to what we were saying. We tr- just try to push that narrative and get people to wake up to what's really going on. So who do you think takes priority? The person that's been here their whole life or the guy that's just moving in from New York? The guy that's moving in from New York and Jersey. Why do you think that is? Because they can make a shit ton of money off of them. Absolutely. Because it all comes money. back to money. It's all about the money. Yep. They, were, they would love, the city of Fort Lauderdale would love for Mitchell, who lives down the street, to pick up and leave. They would Hell love, yeah. They would love for me to pick up and leave. Because they can make four times as much money if somebody buys our houses in the tax rate that we were on. Yeah. And don't think that the city and the county and the state don't make their decisions and judgments based on that. Dude, you know what? And again, this is where I say I might piss some people off. Dude, we live in the city of Fort Lauderdale. Our mayor isn't even from Fort Lauderdale. Well, that's normal. Our mayor is from up north. He's from Connecticut. He's from Connecticut. Anybody wants to hear about the mayor of Fort Lauderdale? Um, I don't know. It's like episode maybe 100 or something like that. You know we're coming up on the 200th episode of the Real Guy Podcast? The 200th? Coming up on it. Wow. I think this will be episode 195. Wow. Pretty cool, right? That is awesome. That's a big achievement. I think so. I mean, to bang out 200 podcasts in less than three years, it's over one a week for our people, the real guys out there. Well, here's the thing. It goes back to what you were saying about it's not like we're on somebody's payroll. We're the average Joes just representing ourselves. It's true. We ain't on nobody's payroll doing this. Do we even have sponsors? That's what I'm saying. Like, Except that's going to change things. Good. Well, that could be good for us because then we could actually help to push our narrative. Exactly. So, but going back to Connecticut. I know I want to hear this because I love when you get on this. <laughs> going back to Connecticut. You were like, if you ever want to know something about the mayor of Fort Lauderdale, he's from Connecticut. He's from Connecticut. And remember, we had him on the Real Guy podcast. So you can go back to like episode 90 or whatever and you can hear Mayor Dean Trantalis. And he'll tell you the story. And I'm not even like... I don't know. Dean, of course, we're picking on him now because he's the mayor now. But we've had a lot of mayors in this town over the years. Some good, some bad. But for the most part, they've neglected the waterway system. They've all shared that one thing in common. Yes. And like you said, Democrat, Republican, Independent, whoever the fuck they are. They've not been friends. No. To the intercoastal waterway, and they go along with it. And the thing that uh, the thing that 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 is very frustrating is you listen to the city representatives, and they pass the buck on to the county, and the county pass the buck on to the state, and then there's this representative, and this commissioner, and nobody seems to be on the same page. And I get that with a lot of issues. But the water? We're not all on the same page about the water? Dude, think about how much that is for our economy, the water alone here in Florida. Why would everyone not be on the same page? Money. (laughs) It's always about the money. But you know what I mean. And, like, it's all about development. And I've said this a hundred times, I'm cool with development. But we can't develop like we're in the 1980s anymore. Dude, don't... We, can, I, we can't just keep building seawalls and cementing everything. 
Dude, how many places can you go right now in Florida and not see development? You're, I mean, honestly. That's my point. You're going to see the development. You're never going to beat that. But how we develop? Are we going to develop the rest of the state like we developed Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and Palm Beach? That's what scares me. You eliminate all natural shoreline and fill it in with concrete. And let me because they did it in Punta Gorda Isles. Yep. And people were like, "Oh, well, that's not going to happen over on the West Coast." Well, no, it's happening right now, and it's happening so crazy fast. And this goes back to again, you got these people from New York and New Jersey. They're all city slickers. So as far as they're concerned, all of that woods and wildlife freaks them out one of the best stories and prime examples of this i ever heard was from drew vason where he lives they got those little gray foxes over there right that live over there they're cool too if you if you actually see them they're usually pretty stealthy it's over in harbor beach by the way yeah so he said the day you see them all the time this freaking lady from up north she was either from new york or jersey saw one one night when she was going on a walk and about had a damn heart attack mind you the thing bolted it like a thousand miles an hour away from her it's like seeing a cat pretty yeah they're small right honestly they're they don't mean any harm they're cool she goes and says we need to eradicate them eradicate them but that's their mindset is they don't like the woods they don't like all the you forget about black bear these people see a black bear it's like seeing freaking tyrannosaurus rex right i mean so as far as they're concerned all of that woods and that wildlife getting eliminated that's good for them and that's what makes me sick because i told you know i go visit my mom and my sister in central florida i go hike through the saint john's river marsh up there that's one of the coolest damn places ever i get so worried is man what's gonna will they ever try to knock this place down are they going to try to develop and chip away at it like the answer is yes and is anybody going to care the answer is a few a few they're taught not to care What's well, that? It's kind of like going back to what you had said of how you know when when you go on the beach, and you see trash all over the beach. People are now sitting there thinking that that's normal to see. That's just normal to see trash on the beach. Dude, trash in the intercoastal is so frigging insane. The river trash from Palm Beach to Miami. I take video of it pretty much every, every week that week. I'm out there. Mm-hmm. Miles and miles and miles of trash, straight trash on a Saturday and there's 10,000 people in their boats going back and forth nobody says anything you would think at least what one out of a hundred would look over their boat and be like oh my god that's so disgusting maybe I'll post this on Instagram or something no one they turn a blind eye to it right everybody posts about their fancy boat their fucking cup holders, their fancy lights that they have under their boat the gear that they use for fishing their $50 fucking Yeti bucket Anything they will post and brag about, but never mention the pollution. I just don't understand why people turn a blind eye to it. But I, I feel like it goes back to what you had said is that I think people are just kind of almost getting brainwashed to just get used to it. Dude, we're That's like, just how it is. We're like cockroaches. We can adapt to anything. That's not good, though. Like friggin' A. I didn't say it was good, but we can adapt to anything. But it's about the narrative. It's always, I always go back to that because I've watched all these foundations do some really good stuff, some really shit that, you know, isn't that great, whatever. But the narrative itself is the only thing 
It's going to change this. We literally had people in the richest, most pristine parts of town with their driveways and front yards underwater and sewage. And people still, to this day, don't think it's a problem. Don't think... That was a, dude, that was a record-breaking sewage spill. Right. Like, well, you know, and going back to, you and I were talking about Rufus Wakeman's podcast that he did with Andy. One of the things he had said, he, he, Nikki said, talk to us about the Indian River. He goes, dude, we have no, red, we have no sea trout left in the Indian River. We have no redfish left in the Indian River. We have no black trout. He's going, we have no more of this. That hit me hard, Jeff, because I am so afraid that one day I'm going to say we have no more bonefish in Biscayne Bay. We have no more permit in Biscayne Bay. I get very worried about that because that's that was a world-class fishery at one point. Look what happened. And it's happening across the whole state. And I, I do worry about that stuff. And that's why, you know, when I talk to people, I'm like, guys, like, Think of this as what's happening. I don't mean to be negative, but you guys should know what's happening because a lot of this stuff is being swept under the rug so you're not made aware of it. It's one of the things that I take great pride in in the podcast that we've been doing over the years. My personal opinion, I think of all the different stuff that we've done, the most impact that we've had has been the podcast. The second biggest impact we had was the protest. Yeah. But the podcast by far, by far has the most impact because people sit back and it's not a 30-second commercial. It's not a... An info or an infomercial right. for a freaking... They sit back, they listen to the conversation, we make fun of their certain stuff. But when they leave the 40 or 50 or hour and a half minute podcast, they can digest the information, understand where people are coming from, and maybe get a clue on ways to win. Because everything we've been doing, and I say this a lot, we have lost. L after L, dude. Lose after lose after lose. I feel like we're the friggin' Miami Dolphins or the Jets or something. <laughs> Is that what we're going to call our fishing minority? The Miami Dolphins? Or we just call us the losers. <laughs> the most consistent losers in the history of losing has been environmentalists here in the state of Florida. Yeah. I mean, Jeff, it's gotten worse and worse. Let's call a spade a spade. I mean, dude, it's like, again, it's like when you go, when you think back to only three years ago, less fish, less fish, less fish. It's like, nobody's taking notice of this. Our parks stink of sewage. Our parks are overrun with pontoon rentals and friggin' jet skis. And then just in case, just in case I wasn't deflated enough, fucking cigarette. Cigarette boat company comes out with a jet ski model? Do you Did know about really? this? Do you know about this? No. Okay. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me settle my nerves for a second. No, don't settle. Dude, you're you're I'm, on a I'm roll. St I'm starting to sweat. Cigarette. That used to be the brand of Macho Man. I mean, it was the brand. Like, if you were like on a muscle car, a muscle boat. It was the muscle car of boats. Right. Cigarette. It was cool. You had to have a ton of dough to have a cigarette. When you, went you still down, do. When you went down, not any, you can get a goddamn cigarette jet ski now. That's my point. You had to, if, if, you, if you wanted a, a cigarette, you had to come up with the dough. 
Then you had to come up with the image. Like paint it fucking super cool, crazy cool name. Then you had to dress. Then you hung out at places like Shooters. I mean, it was the man's man thing to do. The most macho thing you could do was be affiliated with a cigarette brand. They came out with a fucking jet ski. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I told you on that last podcast, I think it was, I, I've always noticed that there's a look that people have when they ride. There's a type that ride jet skis. Don Johnson. What was his name in the show? Oh, gosh. Um, and Tibbs, right? What was the other oh, guy's name? Oh, I'm looking name? this up really quick. Right. You're talking about Miami Vice, right? right? The guys that freaking starred in Miami Vice are rolling over in their grave. Betty Cook, who was the female race driver for a cigarette is rolling over in her grave she might still be alive but anyway so soon well let me not go there that's that's bad (laughs) i'm just saying it's almost like having an irishman run the italian festival oh wait a second tim does run the yeah i was gonna say timmy timmy o'connor and that's not diversity when friggin nerds are buying cigarette jet skis that's a total collapse it's an insult dude. that's a total collapse of friggin humanity too, but I mean, look at the world around us. Humanity's been collapsing for how many years? Well, I mean, usually I complain about a $45 Yeti bucket or something stupid like that. But cigarettes? It's this brand of cigarettes promoting jet skis for jet skiers? I, I don't I, I, What I want to know is where did this whole jet ski fad, because this only started a few years ago that they really started becoming popular. They've been around for years. What caused them to be so popular all of a sudden? I feel they're more popular than ever now. Well, because all right, I'll tell you when it started, okay? okay? Because I almost sold my Nissan. It was about five years ago, okay? Nissan Did you get a jet ski. Nissan came out with this commercial, right? And this little dude's on a jet ski and he's bouncing around <laughs> and friggin' it's like having the time of his life. And then it's a Nissan commercial. And then Nissan is like, yeah, buy a new friggin' Nissan Frontier and you get a free jet ski. What? Yes. Yes, it was like a jet ski promotion with the Nissan truck. And they would have given you a free jet ski. Yeah, of course, it would have cost you an extra 50 bucks a month for 10 years. But yeah, they give it to you. So anyway, Dude. when I saw that commercial, I was like, oh, no, they didn't. Dude. Because now every friggin' doofus out there thought that having a jet ski was like the thing to do. And people have run with it. So far... They've run with it so far that Cigarette now has a jet ski. Maybe Cigarette will come out the fucking pontoon boat next. Or that inflatable thing, the yellow thing that you can't stand. <laughs> the boom? The boom. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean. Jesus, man. Is nothing sacred? What did you used to say? Every, every time you think that. That people can't lower the bar anymore. The bar just, they find a way to lower they, it more. Right. And the, and the and cigarette. Cigarette just found a way to do it. Lower it more. And why are they doing it? For the buck. For the cheap money. You can't get any cheaper in the marine business than friggin' jet skiers. And cigarettes just buying right in. Sure, we're in that game. Knock yourselves out, guys. Dude, speaking about selling out and promoting that kind of stuff. <laughs> oof. There's something else that's been on my mind, man. <laughs> and I feel like I, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for bringing this up. Who's going to get in trouble? Well, because some of, some of the people I know do this. And I'm, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to call them out by name. Go ahead. 
you know I'm a big supporter of hunting. Grew up doing it. We've talked about it many times, particularly hog hunting was me and my dad's thing. We did it with a bow and arrow, gun, crossbow, you name it. Now, plenty of people that I am the biggest supporter of hunting. Nothing. I, I encourage it. Okay. You get, you know, it's a great way. It teaches you a lot of things. You talk about lowering the bar. Right. I'm also a big believer in humane hunting. So when I see these dudes out there hunting hogs with dogs, right? it makes my skin crawl. Do you know what I'm talking about? The dog hunting? They release a whole bunch of hounds to go track down the hog right? and basically hold down the hog, bite the shit out of it, and basically torture it before they go and take a spear or a fucking knife to it. I think it's. I, I just think it's inhumane. I think it's disgusting, and quite frankly, I think it's the prime example of fucking small dick syndrome I've ever seen. And, and listen, I'm sorry if this offends you guys, but I'm just thinking to myself, you know, like I say, you know, cigarette macho. The whole thing was macho. That to me, that's lowering the bar. And I see that, and I just think to myself, like, man, I would never lower myself to do, that. That to me is not macho. That to me, and again, I'm, there's probably a lot of people going to dis- disagree with me on this one. And again, I'm the biggest supporter of hunting, particularly hog hunting. But I just, I think that's a millennial point of view, for the most part. Probably, no, it is. Probably, it is because there's a lot of dudes, and I'm not getting in the argument because it's a serious argument. I mean, there's people that take pride on how well their dogs are hunting these things, and they breed the dogs for certain, and they live for it, and it's a lot of fun, and so on and so forth. According to them. It's mm-hmm. not for everybody. So there's a huge debate. As a matter of fact, I posted um, or shared a post. Um, Bobby from Inshore Marine Specialties that does the trolling motors okay. is selling one of these big swamp buggies that he had. Yeah. So I put it up there. He's selling the swamp buggies. Yeah, I remember that. And somebody yeah. chimed in and said that swamp buggies to the Everglades are like jet skiers to the intercoastal. And then this huge argument started about the swamp. Really? I wouldn't say argument, but a whole bunch of people ganged up on the one dude because I don't know the history of swamp buggies. I, I, I've been on one years ago, but I barely remember. So you get all these, you get all these guys defending swamp buggies and all the shit that they've done for us over the years, blah blah blah. And then you got the other guy on the other side saying that they're the jet skiers of the sawgrass. And that's very, that's an interesting point. It is. It's all an interesting point. And I mean, I'm the. I mean, there's. I, I You're just know. kind of in the middle. Well, I'm ignorant. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about swamp buggies. You know, I really don't know about the dogs and the friggin' uh, hogs and all that. I just know that people are into it. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people for it, and I know there's people that feel like you, and I'm totally staying out of that. I'll yeah. just bash the government for the rest of my life because <laughs> I feel safe about that. But I'm not picking sides on, yeah. you know, sport and entertainment and stuff like that. As long as. The hog hunters with the dogs and the hog hunters without the dogs are all for clean water. You're happy. Then I'm good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm That's a, fair. Right. That's fair. Yeah. I just I, I, I just think it's funny when people post it as if they're trying to dis, – it's supposed to be a display of their masculinity. And again, like you said, maybe that's maybe that's probably a millennial thing. But I just, you know, when we hunted for hogs, well, I think you're going to get a whole bunch of rednecks and stuff out there. I'm probably going to be real pissed. I don't think they'd be pissed, but they'd be like, "Oh, this friggin' Busaka millennial dude, 
he thinks that my dogs suck because it's inhumane. No, no, and not that your dogs suck. Well, whatever. But, but just, I just think that your way of hunting is just right. not. Right. So they're going to be like, us, oh, and everybody's entitled to their opinion of and course. everything like that. But I'm just of saying course. there's going to be people on the other side because. There always is. And that's the way the world works. But I just, it was interesting because I saw it popping up quite a bit. And again, because, you know, hunting for me, you know, was very sacred in a sense. And, you know, I took a lot of pride in it, you know, and I didn't just shoot anything just to shoot anything. And, you know, when you actually worked hard, you know, to get that hog, it was, you know, you could actually sit down and say, you know what, I earned that hog. And I just, you know, we did it the old fashioned way. And it was tough the way that we did it. You know, I mean, we had to really get creative sometimes to get them. But, you know, I felt like when we did get them, though, it was honest. I'm very passionate about this. And when I see, you know, you got dogs basically ripping them apart and trying to hold them down while you go in there with a knife, you know, torch. I, I don't know. That to me is just, I, I couldn't be proud of that at the end of a hunt. All right. Well, then don't, then don't do that. And don't do that. No, nah, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I, actually, no, I ain't sorry if I offend you. If I offend you, well, deal with it. You know what I almost forgot that we got to do? What? I haven't done the sport my review section of the podcast yet. Your sport what? My sport my review section of the podcast. Once a week, on every podcast, I sport one of the reviews. And I sport the person's review, and then my favorite review for the week, I've been sending them out a Real Guy podcast t-shirt that I haven't actually got made yet, but I got like five different dudes that have won the sport my review that are getting a t-shirt. Yeah, one of them actually mentioned us. I remember he commented you and i on facebook i forgot who it was so anyway let's do the sport my review section um of the podcast so this week's winner of sport my review is from five star what did he what did he say he said it's always the one podcast i look forward to each week but today with skipper gentry was a grand slam it was an hour and a half and you didn't want it to end great stories doc talk and real guy stuff Keep them coming. Now run that dog. Dude. Actually, you know what? Go ahead. <laughs> I just want five star to know that he, he's, he a big, won. he's the That's big winner. Great. Email us, jeff at lunkerdog.com, and we will send you out a new Real Guy Podcast t-shirt. Um, thanks for, partic- for participating in the Sport My Review. Dude, you know what I love about this too? What? He ended it with run that dog. I feel like nobody says run that dog no more. I used to go to Publix and people would be like, Hey, run that dog. Do and mean? we don't say run that dog to each other. I don't hear it no more. I don't hear it no more. That's because you freaking moved west of Federal Highway. No, but even before that, dude, it's been a couple of years. I feel like people aren't saying run that dog like they used to. No, that's not happening. I'm moving back down to Fort Lauderdale, so hopefully I hear it more. Well, I go by sticker sales. I still got mine on the back of the truck. Right. I go by sticker sales. And our sticker sales, the run that dog sticker, is still the number one performer on the website and people are ordering it pretty much every single day um most of the year so that freaking starts to run out i think people are just off of social media more than they've ever been like i post maybe a third of what i used to post carl hasn't posted since january and that was the first day of january he even told me he's like yeah he's like i really don't post no more lots of people social media is falling out of favor it is and uh and it's changed a lot and I think that's why um, you're not feeling the run the dog thing. I got done with a trip last night, and it's friggin' 10:30 at night. The wind's blowing 
good 25 out of the north. I'm all by myself at uh, a hullover boat ramp. And some guy walks up to me and he goes, you're Jeff Maggio, right? I says, yeah, how you doing? He's like, yeah, he goes, I follow you on Instagram. Friggin', I came down here all the way down here from friggin' Ohio. He goes, and I wanted to come down and see this boat ramp and so on and so forth. And friggin' Are you serious? Took a picture with me and I was like, yeah, good to see you. He came all the way down because he wanted to see the legendary boat ramp. <laughs> I think that and I think that whole over inlet cam probably got him down there. But anyway, he introduced himself to me last night. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, that is pretty cool. But the whole, the, I think the whole social media thing's changing a good bit. It's not like the old days where no. people yeah. got high off of, you know, freaking putting stuff up. And all the likes that they would get, everybody was concerned about how many likes they got. Right. You don't really hear about that as much anymore. People are over it. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm I over mean, it. I, dude, I hardly, I mean, if I go fishing, I post, but that's like, it. Like, like a Peter Miller. Peter Miller he used to post all sorts Every of day. stuff. And I, so I talked to him, last time I talked to him, uh, probably 18 months ago, and he was telling me he was over it. Oh, really? Yeah, I think lots of people. Things have changed. It's an Pe evolution. People post in their Insta stories, but it's like a quick 24-hour thing and then it's gone. Yeah. Uh, that, whole, um, that whole Instagram market, that's, that's for you people. <laughs> You're pretty good at it, though. i got to give you credit. I do all right. I do all right. But if yeah. I was to take all the different ways that people call me to go fishing instagram would probably be fourth or fifth what's number one? Oh, my clients tell their best buddy dude you gotta referrals fish. you gotta fish with this guy i mean that's yeah, always referrals. always the best and then well that's not better than repeats people that go with you over and over and over and over again i would say over probably 80 percent of my work now are his repeat business 80%. Dude, you know, I just I, I just made 20 trips with Carl. After all, 20. He even was like, has it been 20? I said, yeah, dude. See, that's the name of the game when it comes to the guide business. You get your good clients. You know, you know them. You know how they fish. You know what they like. And they keep coming back. You know, the guide, it's it's so funny because I remember um, on, on Andy Mills' podcast uh, when Bob Branham was on there. He said, you know, it's always been with the guides. You know, there's some great guides. Then there's okay guides. And there are some really bad guides. And it's always been like that. Even back when the fishing was great, there were still bad guides. But I feel like now, especially with the way that fishing has taken a turn and how hard it is, I mean, you really now know who are the great guides and who are the bad guides. Now, let's just say that longevity tenure right longevity in the guide business and and there's some and there's some younger there's some younger guides that are making you know really good names for themselves and doing the right thing and putting in the work look at jared rascob oh yeah rascob i mean even local guys like raspberry and you know i mean david cohen let me edit that no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i gotta edit that <laughs> <laughs> Hey, like I said, we can always edit out. <laughs> Busaga, thanks for being on the Real Guy podcast. It's always a pleasure, my brother. Dude, thanks for letting me vent for a little bit. Dude, I mean, you know, got to say what you got to say. Yeah, man. And, and I want and I want to I want to um, say thanks and congratulate you because, in my opinion, like I said, doing these podcasts is the single most impact that I've been able to have on our goals for clean water. 
And when you come in here, you're always passionate about the environment. You always tell people a story or two or three about what you see out there every day. And um, I firmly believe that stories like the like yours, points of view like yours, are going to be what motivates the narrative one day. You know, I appreciate that. And I, you know, on that note, I'd actually like to say thank you to you for, I mean, I, I was, I mean, I've been with you now since we did the very first trip alive back in 2017. That was a thing that we started. I was a part of that. And, you know, I want to say thank you. You know, you've given me a platform and an opportunity to really speak how I feel, you know, and I feel, and I, and I love when people reach out to me and say that they really enjoyed something that I brought up. Because, again, I am passionate about it, and it's rewarding to hear people say, I love when you said that stuck with me, you know? And, you know, I wanted to say thank you for having me along on this journey, because it's been a blast, and I ain't ready to slow down just yet, let me tell you. Well, there's a reason why everybody calls you the world's favorite millennial. So anyway, thanks for being on The Real Guy Podcast. Can't wait till the next time. Run that dog. Run that dog. Run that dog.